Befriend Your Body podcast, Love and Anxiety Part 2. Hello, everybody. It's Wanda. And Gio. And we are going to continue what we started talking about the last podcast on whether love causes anxiety or love calms anxiety. I hope you found the information helpful. So as we talked about last time, uh, we talked about how our early attachment history makes a huge difference in whether uh, love is easy and whether we allow love to calm us or love causes us anxiety. Um, so another huge factor in whether love causes or calms anxiety is where we are focusing our attention. I know mindfulness is this big buzzword, but it's a big buzzword for a reason because research for years now has shown that people who practice mindfulness, which is just maybe a fancy word for actually living in the moment, being present to what's happening now, people who practice that are much more relaxed, have much less anxiety, and are often much happier partly because you're just engaging in the thousand joys, the little tiny joys that life gives on a regular basis that a lot of us in so-called first world countries don't pay much attention to. We take for granted all the great things in our life and um, focus on the negative things, which unfortunately can be easy to, do, easy to do. So where we focus our attention in our daily life makes a huge difference. Gio, do you have any thoughts about focusing attention? It's interesting for you to say that, Wanda, because I noticed that I usually tend to pay more attention and stick my attention to things that usually make me suffer or mm. things that make me sad. And it's hard for me to move out of this state. And when I start to get out of it, I notice that I think, well, I was sad. Why was I sad? And I go back to that mm. state of mind. So that's definitely not healthy. And I, I feel that for a few people that I know as well. So do you have an idea why we do that and how we get out of it? Well, that's a really good question. So why we do that? Yes, I do have an idea. Um, and it's not my idea. It's actually based on Rick Hansen's amazing uh, long-term research on the brain's bias to negative information. Um, I think I talked about this in a prior podcast, but I'll be happy to touch on it again. So... They believe it's biological and because of safety, um, but the, the brain, and that's more of the lower brain regions, um, will absolutely uh, stick on like Velcro to any negative event, no matter how small. Um, partly, again, because of survival when we were hunter-gatherers, which we were for a very long time. If you know everybody ate the same plant and the whole village almost died, your body has to make a really big marker for danger. So the brain is much more able to connect with things that don't feel good. Um, now, in our daily lives now, we have very little danger. I mean, we're not hunter-gatherers anymore. Our main danger, you know, comes when we are hurtling, you know, 70 miles an hour on the freeway or um, some other, you know, things that we do as, as uh, 21st century people. But generally, we don't have a lot of physical danger. And so what happens is, unfortunately, the mind tends to substitute and stick on things of emotional danger. So my guess is if you're focusing on things that cause you to suffer, and I'm sad about that, but that is such a great phrase if you think about it. I'm focusing on things that cause me to suffer. Um, so anyway, answering your question with that, the, the brain's bias to the negative is one of the reasons why we get caught in that. Does that make yes, sense? Yes, it makes or? sense for sure. So what I want to talk a little bit about today is well, how to work with that, how to overcome that. 
sometimes I use an analogy with clients and with myself of a, a loving mother or father gently turning a child's head away from a scary view. Say they walk in and someone's watching something scary on television that's too old for them. You know, a, a good parent will help them go out of the room, but they might actually uh, take their face and gently turn it away. So I often encourage people to think about in terms of if the, the fear or the things that cause us to suffer are metaphorically, we're looking to our left when we catch ourselves. And that's part of the mindfulness of actually catching the fact that we're doing it. When we catch ourselves and we just metaphorically turn our face or actually turn our attention to the right, which is the other side of life, which is positivity, which is love, which is hope, which is faith, which is, you know, the, the things that are going well in our lives. I find sometimes that um, when I was really struggling with this uh, years ago, I would make lists of things that were great and I would carry them around with me. And then if I caught myself in that negative looping, which many of us do, I would pull out my list and I would, you know, turn my metaphorical face, actually turn my attention to those things and I would think about those and I would read that list until I felt better, until I was able to settle into feeling the positivity. That's a great idea. I'll try that for sure. Yeah, good. I, I hope. You'll have to let me know. I hope that, that helps. Um, but it, it can be really challenging to make this shift and I'll talk a little bit more today uh, about why that is. So in order to do that, I'm going to talk a little bit about our wonderful brain. Um, I mean, I'm going to talk about three different um, regions of the brain. Three regions? Uh, are those all the regions? Because it's such a, an important organ. I thought it would be separated in much more parts. <laughs> oh, you got me again. Yes, the brain has many, many, many um, structures. It has many, many structures, uh, different systems. But for the purpose of, of anxiety, for the purpose of safety, uh, of for the purpose of how our physiology or autonomic nervous system is regulated, these three regions slash parts have the most impact. So I'm just going to focus on those. I see. Okay. Good. So, and the reason I'm going to do that is because how they connect and um, impact each other can make a difference in where we're putting our focus of attention. So the three parts are, uh, we'll start with the most primitive and the lowest, are the primitive or the reptilian brainstem. So that's kind of in the back of your neck, kind of going up into where your skull kind of bows out. Um, the brainstem is down there, and it's responsible for all automatic processes. If you're in a coma, for instance, and you're still breathing or still alive, it's because your brainstem is still working, even if you're not in your conscious mind. Um, but but for this purposes of today's podcast, the primitive reptilian brainstem is responsible primarily for avoiding hazards or danger. So again, going back to the hunter-gatherers, that's a big part of our brain is all about am I safe or am I in danger. Uh, the automatic processes of fight, flight, or freeze also tend to reside a lot in the primitive brainstem. So that's part of why we get caught in danger and feeling stuck in things that make us suffer. Like I said, it's not necessarily physical danger, but the brain actually processes, processes emotional pain and physical pain in a similar region, so it doesn't distinguish. Then the second uh, system that we'll talk about in the brain sits on top of the brainstem, and it's called the mammalian or the limbic system, the mammalian brain or the limbic system. So it sits on top of the brainstem, and 
It's responsible primarily um, for us approaching rewards or goals, things that we want, things that are positive. It does a lot of other things, including movement and attachment um, relationships. Uh, it's very, it's very um, complex, but for the purpose of today, we're just simplistically connecting it with it causes us to approach a rewards or goals. Um, and then the top, the third, is the cerebral cortex, our neocortex. It's one of the main things that differentiates us from the animals. Although dogs have um, a percentage of one, monkeys have a percentage of one, but ours is the largest of all the species, and it um, helps us be logical, rational, but it also helps us attach because identity, uh, uh, we know the identity of people um, from this part of the brain. So it's the region for today's, again, for the purposes of today, that helps us affiliate and attach to other human beings. Or remember that they scare the pee out of us and run from them, you know, it depends on the person. So, so those are the three main parts that we're going to talk about today. And anything, questions, or am I, is that pretty clear? Yeah, so far it's clear, and I'm interested in knowing what are the correlation between the three parts and how one can affect the other. Is... Great. Okay, so we'll talk about that. In fact, that's probably how we'll um, uh, finish uh, the podcast for today. Um, the three work together well, but in very different modes, depending on whether we're feeling safe or feeling threatened with any kind of danger. So when our avoid system is off and we are feeling safe and loved, we have no need to avoid situations and we have energy and life force and interest and desire to approach rewards and affiliate and attach to the people around us. Um, curiosity and humor and playfulness, creativity are all available when we're not in the, th the danger signal in the reptilian brain, when we're in the mammalian approach and we're in the cerebral cortex attach and affiliate. We have energy for those kinds of things. But when we feel threatened, and especially when anxiety has a death grip on our mind and body, which unfortunately some of us struggle with that, um, the reptilian avoid system will come online with a vengeance and it broadcasts danger messages. The danger signaling, unfortunately, um, turns off or negatively impacts the approach and attaching systems. And if you think biologically, it makes sense because, again, when we were hunter-gatherers, if a, a tiger approached your camp, you didn't stop to talk to somebody or, you know, smell the flowers. You every ounce of energy in your body went to running as fast as you could. So the danger signal is actually what saves our lives. We need the danger signal. Gavin D. Becker wrote a phenomenal book called The Gift of Fear about 20 years ago. Really helpful book about just that. The danger signal, when it's appropriate, danger is really important. Um, danger is in a com also, though, a compelling message to our bodies, and it turns on stress hormones such as cortisol and adrenaline, to name a few. It kind of acts like a siren on a rescue vehicle. Until the danger is resolved, the signal will stay on, and we primarily stay in avoid mode. Um, and unfortunately, what you talked about a little earlier, Geo, can happen when we stay in negative loops about things that make us suffer. We're actually kind of keeping that signal on. Are you going to teach us how to show the signal off? <laughs> I need that okay. lesson one day. Uh, yes, so we will absolutely um, talk about that in a, in a future podcast because we're kind of at our end of the time today. But one of the, one of the simple ways goes back to uh, what, what I talked about a few minutes ago, changing your focus. Because if you can orient, which is just basically looking um, from 
360 degrees from behind one side of your body all the way across, slowly scanning your environment. And if you can do that with presence, that often helps turn that danger signal off because the most of the time danger comes from outside. And so when I look around, my my senses, sight, sound, smell, um, touch, they, they give me the information, oh, I feel scared, but I can't find danger. So a simple refocus and scanning your environment are two really quick, easy tools that, will, that should help with that. That's great. You're talking a lot about people that has this on all the time, mm-hmm. but is the, does it exist the opposite? People that don't have that on and that you, the alert for fear? Oh, that's another great question. Um, yes, that can happen. Uh, that tends to happen when people are in freeze, um, which is, we'll talk about that when we do a little bit more on the autonomic nervous system. I'm going to do some YouTube videos soon where I can really have enough time to explain the system really well because our physiology is really complex and if we don't understand how to work with it, we can really suffer. Um, so yes, yeah, sometimes people are in freeze and they, they don't respond appropriately to danger. Um, but for the most part, um, if you're in actual danger, the adrenaline and cortisol will take over and you will just do what you need to to get away. If, say a car is coming at you on the freeway head on, um, most people, Adrenaline we'll will yeah will shoot in their bodies and they'll they'll grab the wheel and they'll they'll do in a split second some kind of evading maneuver. So fear, true fear, when there's danger is pretty hard to shut off. So, okay, good. So, that, yeah. so great question though. Um, so but it is hard to turn off the danger signaling if we have high anxiety or we worry a lot, even when everything appears fine. So, all right. So to end, to allow love to triumph over anxiety instead of causing it we really need to focus on turning off that danger signal when we're not in danger. Um, This facilitates movement back into approaching and attaching to others with hope and desire. So unless you're in actual danger, car accident, imminent car accident, mountain lion, you know, coming into your campsite uh, or something, or potentially losing a relationship because emotional events can trigger danger, um, your avoid system should be off and your brainstem should be sort of sending the message, I'm safe, everything feels good right now. So tune in uh, the next podcast to uh, hear about love and anxiety, uh, part three, where we'll talk a little bit more about this and close out this uh, topic. Thank you very much, Wanda. Another very helpful podcast. Thank you, Gio, and thank you, listeners. And by the way, at any point, if you have any questions at all, um, things you want to hear about, uh, just you know, on my website, there's a contact page. I would love to hear from listeners. I would love to be responding to your specific questions. So please uh, call, uh, call, email, or write in, and um, I will address your questions. Take very good care. <laughs>